the new generation of electricians. Well, I was lucky enough to be invited to Southwood City College in Birmingham just the other week. They held an event at the college for the apprentices called the Elect Show, which I saw as a success. So I'm assuming they're going to do it again next year. And there was a few electricians invited to that event from social media that were put up against the time trial to wire a socket in a from a consumer unit to a socket. So stay tuned to find out if I won. Toolbox talks for electricians, helping electricians reduce stress, gain back time, and earn more money. Hello and welcome back once again to Toolbox Talks for Electricians. I'm your host, Ben Poulter. And so it seems that the podcast or the brand that I'm creating is getting noticed because I was invited along to this show with a couple of other influences online. Influences, I don't know why they're calling that, but a lot of guys, they hate that name. But they're invited along to this show to talk to some of the apprentices that are training to be electricians. And it wasn't just apprentices. It was like the mature adult learner as well, also using the college to become an electrician. And the other social media electricians that were there, one was Chris the Sparky, and then there was Ryan Davis from RD Electrical and his apprentice, Casper. So it was great to meet them and sit down, have some lunch and talk about social media, not just electrics for once. And not to mention, there's a few big brands there as well. There was Wago, Super Odd, Whisker and plenty of others. Now, this is the first sort of event that I've been invited to, and I wasn't sure what to expect, whether I was um, expected to stand up, do a presentation in front of all the students, maybe, which I wasn't really prepared for. So if that was going to happen, all they were going to get is me singing a song. But when I first got there, I met up with Chris Sparky. And Chris has been on the podcast before. If you go back and check out one of the podcasts, Chris has been on there. And he does a lot on social media with a plenty of videos helping out electricians. He's a bit of a geek for testing. He's got some great tips and tricks on how to find faults with the test meter. And I spoke to Chris a few times because we both do social media and we get along great. Because also, Chris has got some videos on social media of the flow of electricity, which is quite interesting to watch. So you want to go and check them out. But another guy I met at the show was a guy called Steve Palmer. He runs a Facebook group for adult learners, electricians that are training to be sparky sort of thing. I think it's called the Short Course Electricians. And we were talking about how, yes, electricians that have maybe done an apprenticeship and sort of time served, as you say, they look down on the short short course electrical courses. Well, it was interesting to speak to him about that because I think my mind might have been swayed. Because I admit I had the same opinion. Short course, Kellogg's cornflakes qualifications is what I called them. They're not really qualifications. They're not time served. You can't become an electrician in five, six weeks. But some of these guys that have actually done the short course electrical training and become qualified electricians, they're not bad. And Steve had the guts to stand up in front of the whole classroom and do a presentation. But I'll tell you a little bit more about that Q&A later. And then after talking with some of the apprentices or the guys that were training to be electricians, the feeling I got is that they found it quite hard to get a placement. And, yeah, I do think that the, the thing that a young apprentices need or young people training to, not even young people, let's be honest, people training to be electricians, I feel that they need to get on site and get some, get their hands dirty in effect and get some on-site experience. And that is the toughest challenge what they're up against at the minute. Because I do feel that you can learn as much theory as you want in the classroom. But when you get out and actually put it in practice on site, 
that's what builds your confidence and helps you become more confident in what you're doing rather than just reading it out of a book and doing it on a sort of test rig in a college and being confident in what you do as an electrician especially that that's, that's needed you need you need to be sort of confident in how you're doing it how you are in it especially when you're talking to the customer if they say like they want maybe a socket and a radial circuit you need to ask them a few questions at what you're going to plug into it because if you're going to plug a tumble dryer a dishwasher and a kettle and a toaster you want to make sure that that circuit that you put in is adequate enough to be able to cater for the needs that they've got which is more than likely something like a utility room so I feel like the students need to get a placement out on the real world sort of thing to test their skills of what they learned in college. But one of the guys I spoke to, he had an idea. He said, I'm going to do a year a year in electrical, a year in plumbing, a year in carpentry. So I said, what, you're not going to become qualified in any? You're just going to do a year to get a bit of experience? Yeah. Well, I'm assuming he wanted to get his own building firm. But... I did explain to him that I don't think that is a good idea because if you're going to do anything, at least become qualified in something, whether it's a chippy, a plasterer, a builder, a plumber, or an electrician. If you're going to start something, make sure you finish it because knowing a little knowledge of everything can be dangerous. And I think that this is why the Part P regulation was bought out because there were so many people with a little bit of knowledge of what they're doing with the electrical side and think, yeah, I can just run a socket off that light switch, that'll do. And finding out later on that it causes a fire or broke or didn't work or something went wrong. And this is why Part P come out to say, look, you need to be able to be a qualified electrician to be able to install electric in a domestic premises. And it was all brought out to stop the builders doing that. The builders with a little bit of knowledge. You know when you turn up to a building site and they say, yeah, you can just run a socket straight off that light switch, but I will just, just want one underneath that light. Yeah, but you can't come off the line circuit, mate. You can't do that. That's not how things work because you plug anything into it. I've seen it before where someone's done a socket off a lighting circuit. Yes, it'll work to charge your phone. It might work for a lamp or two. But if you plug the hoover into it, Anything that's over 10 amps, if you're lucky it's on 10 amps, and more than likely it's on a 6 amp MCB. But if you plug anything over, it's just going to trip because it draws that current straight away and it'll trip the fuse off. And then you'll find this out later on when it's been plastered, when it's been painted, and when the builder's gone home. I suppose that being a jack of all trades, knowing a little bit of everything, might sound appealing to start with, but I can guarantee you, become a master of one trade and then maybe give other things a go. Be a master, have a qualification, because if these other trades don't work out, then at least you've got a qualification where you can start a business maybe doing electrics or plumbing or carpentry, something that you're qualified in that you've probably got plenty of experience in. But this guy maybe had that idea because he found it hard to get a placement as an electrician with working with a electrician working maybe to gain a bit more experience so he thought right well, i'm just going to try everything and maybe work on my own do a building company on my own possibly i'm not sure what he was thinking but i can understand like a lot of electrician one man band self-employed they don't really want to have an apprentice because being a self-employed electrician you have days off when you want and suppose you've got to pay that apprentice still when you get the days off and when I first started out as an apprentice, some of the lads used to call me the broken arm. Well, what's a broken arm do? It slows you down. It's a bit of a hindrance rather than a help. So I understand. I've had apprentices that are a bit like a broken arm. They slow you down. You've got to explain everything to them. And 
when you're working for yourself as a one-man band, you normally, you've got an idea of how long that's going to take. That job's going to take you one day. You haven't got time to sit down and explain how to put a socket on or how to second fix a socket. At the end of the day, you've got to go back and check it anyway. So you might as well do it yourself a lot of the time. It's quite a quick turnaround, I feel, for electricians that are self-employed, one-man bands, maybe in domestic. This is what I feel like that I've been doing for the last 20 years, is that it is quite a quick turnaround. You want to get in there, get your first fix done, make sure it's all spot on, and get off to the next. And then maybe your second fixing. It's sort of a, you're a bit of a rush, maybe, in a way. Because time is money, the quicker you get it done, the more jobs you can do. You can go on to the next job, get some more done. And the more jobs you do, the more money you make. And that's exactly why you went self-employed in the first place. So to have an apprentice, yeah, you've got to have quite a lot of patience as well. And being an older guy, my patience is wearing thin sometimes. And I understand where some people, they shout and holler at the young lads if they do something stupid. But let's be honest, let's think they've got to learn. You were there once. It's the same as people shouting at learner drivers. I had it when I was teaching the girls to drive. They were driving along and someone would beep or want to overtake or undercut. It wound me up. You think, hang about, mate. They might be going slow or they might be a bit hesitant. But you were here one day as well. Everyone has to learn how to drive. Exactly the same. Everyone has to learn how to be an electrician. And one of the students sat there and he said, yes, I've sent out 50 emails for 50 different companies to try and get a placement with working with an electrician. And he didn't get any response. Well, you might not got a response after them 50, but you think all you need is one person to say, yeah, sure, I'll give you a go. And once you get in there, you make sure that you're the most valuable apprentice or spark his mate or helper or labourer, whatever you're employed as, that he's ever had. But another great idea, I think, would be instead of sending these emails, the older generation of sparkers, 40, 50 years old, they're a bit old school. They don't really work too well with emails all the time. If someone, they get maybe get 10 or 20 emails a day or a week off of young lads trying to get a job. So what if you do something different? Go down there, dress smart, Make sure you don't stink a B.O. or something like that. Just, well, because I've had lads like that before. Make sure that you dress smart, you look good, your hair's cut, you look well presented. Go in there, have a cup of tea. Sit down with a manager or sit down with a site foreman and say, look, I'm looking for a position. And that'll make a bit of an impression on that guy, I think, as well. I'd value it more. I'd respect it a bit more if someone turned up to me at an office and said, right, I'm looking for a position. You'll you remember them a little bit more, even if there's no positions at the moment. Or you, a lot of guys, they say, right, I'll work for free. If you turn up to a bloke's office or electrician's office and say, look, I'll just lay before you for free. I just want a bit of experience. A lot of the time, people are screaming out for labourers. And if you become a labourer to start with or a sparkies, mate, and then you say, yeah, I can second fix them sockets for you, mate. And then you progress on up. And then you become a valuable asset within that company. And the electrician that you're working with will say to the manager, that lad's a good lad. We need to keep him here. So then that will you that'll get you a job. So that was another way to get in to a company. Because once you get in, all you need is to get in there. Get in to get a job. That's to start with, to start off with. Once you're in there, it's down to you to keep it. And then if the worst thing happens and the guys say, look, mate, I'm letting you go. You're freaking useless. At least ask them, say, right, you're letting me go. Fine, I probably won't speak to you again. But let me know why I was useless. What did I do that make you want to let me go? 
because then you know as well for the next time if he says right you, you didn't turn up mate you ain't got a driving license or something like that then you say right I'm going to get more punctual and get my ass a driving license so then it will help you in the future get a driving license electricians need a driving license I know a few that haven't got one you, you need to have a driving license come on let's be honest it's better in life as well so the next part of the day which was going through the day nice and steady the next part of the day was to wire a socket like a time trial there was me Chris Ryan and Casper that had to do the time trials to sort of set the pace to see what the apprentices were going to beat and the apprentices did them as well and whoever got the best score out of the apprentices they won some wicked prizes unfortunately I was put up against Chris. Now, Chris has been to two electrical events that I know of where they do time trial competitions, and he's won them both. That was out of about, I don't know, must have been about 2,000 people. He was the fastest. So great. I was up against the fastest guy I knew. I didn't shy down. I was going to give it a go. So we stood back to back, ready to go, tools in hand, and that was it. The bell dropped. Next to us was Casper and Ryan Davis from RD Electrical. They were up against each other. I really wanted Casper to beat Ryan but because that would be funny sort of thing, I suppose, if the apprentice beats the electrician. But, yeah, it didn't happen. So the results were as follows. In the order of slowest to fastest. And unfortunately, slowest, which probably makes sense sort of thing, was Casper, the apprentice. He did it in 5 minutes 44. And then, just behind The Apprentice, was me at 3 minutes 44. And then we had Ryan at 3 minutes 18. Yeah, you could probably guessed it. Chris came in at 2 minutes 42. I haven't got a clue how he did it. I heard him drop the screwdriver behind me. I still had a minute to go. And I'll be honest, um, he made sure that we didn't hear the, the end of it through the day. He kept saying, I am um, done really well. I got really fast. I beat you. He's quite a proud lad. And yes, so Chris took the crown once again. And he made sure you knew as well. So that was a pace set for the students. So the students, they all went in, they had to go their time trial as well to see if they could beat maybe one of us that were in there. And whoever out the students got the fastest time, they won the prizes. And I was half expecting one of these young lads to jump in there and whip all of us and do it really fast. Because sometimes young lads, yep, they're good at what they do. They show you a different way, maybe. They've got better ideas. But yeah, I suppose with 10 or 20 years experience of doing electrical installations, you do become pretty fast. Okay, Chris, if you're tuned in right now and listening, not as fast as you, apparently. So we sat down, had some lunch and a good bit of a chinwag, and then after lunch, there was a Q&A session. And with Steve Palmer from the Short Course Electricians Group, with him standing up at the beginning, leading the conversation, it's pretty tough to get young lads to start a conversation because you had at least five qualified electricians there that run their own business. And you would have thought that young lads would have a few questions other than how much money do you earn. Yes, that is a big factor, I suppose, if you're going to carry on, become an electrician, how much money you can earn. You can earn as much as you want, I'd say. But in a room with around 50, 60 students, there was only a few questions with a few guys putting their hands up. And I get it. I suppose it's quite intimidating putting your hand up in front of a, a load of people and worried about what question you're going to ask. But I can guarantee you, if you're sitting in a classroom and you've got a question going in your head that you want to ask somebody that's maybe standing at the front that have turned up there ready for you to ask questions, 
I can guarantee you that there's someone else in that room thinking the same thing. So if you ask that question, then you're going to help out a few others. And one of the things that I find out that's not really touched on in college is the business side of maybe running your own business, not just as an electrician, but any tradesman. It's keeping up with the paperwork, the invoices, the quotes. It's keeping like the constant flow of customers into your business because let's be honest, you can be the best electrician in the world, but if you haven't got any customers to do any work for, then what's the point? And this is one thing that I'm trying to do with the Toolbox Talks for Electricians podcast is explain the experiences or the struggles or the mistakes that I made. Yep, there was a few, definitely, in starting up my own business and getting it off the ground. But I'm trying to be open and honest about how I've stayed self-employed as an electrician for the past 20 years. And don't get me wrong, there has been times where I thought, scrap this, I'm just going to sack it off and go get a job somewhere as employed. Things would be that much easier. But I've never actually done it as yet. So wherever you are, whether you're on site, in the van, even in a customer's house, because you can put it on because I try not to swear too much, you can put Toolbox Talks for Electrician podcasts on and it might give you some ideas to build your own business or even if you're employed, to start your own business. And as always, any advice or any questions that you have, you're welcome to email me at toolboxtalking at gmail.com. And until next time, I'll see you again.